Romans 3. We're going to be looking at Luke 10, verses 1 to 24. Um, I'll give you a moment. So it says this in Luke 10, verses 1 to 24. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest with them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town, you are welcome to eat what is offered to you. Heal those who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet. Is a warning to you. Yet be sure of this the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it would be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. A light right in the corner of Woe to you, Chorazan. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tree or Sidon, they would have been they would have repented long ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it would be more bearable for Tyrion and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted from the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submitted to you, but rejoice that your names are written in at that time, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed to them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son has chosen to reveal him. <coughs> then he turned to his disciples privately and said, Blessed are their eyes that have seen what you see. But I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what they see, but did not see it, and hear what you have heard, but have not heard it. <coughs> so this series that we're, we're going to be looking at over the next three weeks sent is focused around Jesus commissioning people, Jesus sending people out, that's what we've got the, got the name wrong, it's quite catchy, isn't it? 
But today we're going to be looking at Jesus sending out the 72. The purpose of this whole series is to inspire us for today in our lives, to, to help us understand who God wants us to be and explore what he's got planned for each of us in our places. But more than that, it really fits into our vision as a church. Does anyone remember what NBC stands for in our vision as a church? Yeah, we're not, we're not going to commit to saying anything. Okay, so, so M is more like Jesus. B is being family. C is centered in community. More like Jesus as we grow as disciples. Being family as we welcome and care for one another in this place, in our home groups, in our groups, in our social settings. And centered in community as we explore what God's kingdom might look like in the places where we do life. We're going to be looking at how and why God used these ordinary people in these verses. Why he chose them to do the work that had previously only been done by God or Moses. So, once we look at all of this, there's probably questions in the back of your head. It's probably not a new question. It probably looks something like this. When we're thinking about God sending people, God using people, people like you and me, we might be asking ourselves the question, why on earth would God want to use me? Because we know everything that's supposed to be wrong with us in our lives. We know all our shortcomings. We know all the things that we're scared about. And when we put that in our context of who God is and how wonderful God is, sometimes we don't feel good enough, do we? And that's not what this verse is about. That's not what our whole series is about. It's not saying you're not good enough. We're going to explore why you're good enough and why, in fact, you're absolutely perfect where you are for what God wants to do. So a little bit of context of this verse. So we don't know, when Jesus is talking to these, these 70, we don't know where they are. Um, but in Luke's Gospel, there's quite an interesting theme of the, well, of this part of it. It's, um, it's sometimes referred to as the travel log of Jesus. So this is the idea that Jesus has gone from, um, from Galilee to Jerusalem, which is where he ends up. And this, this, this part of Luke documents Jesus' travels from there. The really important thing to remember, if you're going to go home and you're going to read Luke and devour the first half of it and sort of work out what was going on there. It's not about uh, it's not about a logistical movement from place to place. It's more about if you look at the whole theme, a spiritual formation. And the storyline of Luke, specifically sort of chapters five to ten, are all about Jesus's spiritual formation and the spiritual formation of what would become the church which is why it's really relevant for us. Jesus isn't talking about moving from place to place specifically. What he's doing is he's teaching his disciples how to do church, how to be church, the things that are important about life and faith and helping other people experience God. The other thing that we're not sure about, it depends how nerds you are about numbers, in the Bible, there's a whole thing called theological number theory, and you could dive into that quite a lot with this verse. We don't know if there were 70 disciples uh, sent out at that point. We don't know if there were 72 disciples sent out at that point. We don't know if there were more than 72 disciples sent out at that point. 
I don't like number theory, so we're not going to do that bit. But the really thing that's important to notice throughout all of this is prior, if you go through Luke, so if you go through Luke, it's all about Jesus doing things, Jesus doing miracles, Jesus healing people, his disciples following him. Luke 9 is the first time where the disciples do anything. Jesus gave them a really similar command to what we just read in verse 10. So, big chunk of Luke, Jesus doing everything. Then 9, the disciples do something, and then 10, this 70. And that's really important, because when we think about disciples, they're quite well documented as having followed Jesus around for a little bit of time. They've seen him do some amazing things. They've seen his miracles, his ministry, and his message. But this 70 are quite new. So when you're thinking about, oh, why would God use me? Remember, these 70 that went out into places were quite new. The other interesting thing about the 70, interesting is a, well, short word, but they went to more places than the disciples went to. So when in Luke 9, when Jesus commissions the 12 disciples, they're restricted. They're sent to safe places, effectively. These 70 can go anywhere. Jesus just says, go to all the towns and villages around us. So again, when we think of ourselves as ordinary people, these 70 were as ordinary as you might get. The other really important thing to remember in this is that when the 70 go out into their towns, they're told to accept hospitality. They're told to heal the sick as well. And when we think about God's presence coming to places, that's crucial within this. So they're not just messengers like John the Baptist. John the Baptist in the beginning of the, the New Testament Gospels, he was the person who said, Jesus is coming, get ready, if you were to really summarise all of the work that he did. These 70 that go out aren't saying, Jesus is coming, get ready. They're there with the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They've been given authority from Jesus to be and do in those places. Ordinary people like you and I. Last little bit of context. Verse 3, which I have not says this. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. These are normal people doing the thing that was ordinarily sort of reserved for Jesus. And it's quite easy, I think, well for me, within my Christian understanding, to gloss over the importance of that. If you imagine, if you've never been to church before, you haven't been a Christian for, for years, months, or decades, and you heard for the first time that these ordinary people who had only recently started following Jesus, disciples with Jesus for about two-ish years at this point, these 70 are significantly newer, had all of a sudden been given the power, the same power that God had to do miraculous things, miracles, heal people, drive out demons. And that is true for us today. And we know it's true for us today because it's reaffirmed in the back end of Matthew and the Great Commission. Slightly less encouraging element of, of all of this commissioning of the twelve, these people, these ordinary people being sent out to do amazing things on behalf of Jesus, is at no point does Jesus 
offer them happiness. <laughs> Feels a bit real at times, doesn't it? He doesn't offer them happiness. In fact, he tells them not to take any money sacks. doesn't tell them to take any snacks. And he says, definitely do not take a spare pair of sandals. And you might be thinking, that's a very strange list of instructions to take if I'm going to go out on ministry. Snacks, sacks, and sandals. But it's a really important thing in the whole message of what Jesus is using and why Jesus is using these ordinary people. He's saying, don't, it's not about self-deprecation. It's about reliance. That's why they're able to be ordinary. In fact, it's, it's probably better if they're more ordinary than most. Because it's about reliance. It's about where they're getting their strength from, where they're getting their encouragement from, who is providing their ability to do these amazing things. So no money, no snacks, no specials. Because it's all to be dependent on God throughout every single aspect of this ministry. In the going out, in the doing, in the talking, in their presence in these places, isn't in their own strength, their history. It's in who they are because of God. So this verse, this series, is all about ordinary people being sent out by God to do amazing things. Why would he use us? Because saying, ah, because they're there, isn't a good enough answer, really, is it? Got a question for you? I'd like you to put your hand up in, if in your house you do the cooking. Hey, keep your hand up if, whilst you do the cooking in your house, you have a favourite hob. You've got a go-to hob. You're looking concerned with people. Does anyone want to shout out their favourite hob? From right. From right. No. No. So left one you want to hear? It's a safety conscious people. Can you leave your hands out? No. Yeah, that's it. Um, I will never use the front right hole. I have absolutely no reason for never using the front right hole. I like to use the front left hole because I'm not safety conscious. I will probably have to change that in a couple of years' time. Uh, but always front left. I don't know why. It's weird, isn't it? Some of you are going to be very strange now. <laughs> Just because something is there doesn't mean that we're going to use it. You think about your hole. That lonely front right wing <laughs> is there. I'm never going to use it. God wants to use you because you are you. You have a purpose. You have a calling. You are part of God's plan. I'm glad, I, I think we'd be glad to hear this. God's desire to use you is greater than my desire to use my front right hot <laughs> Because your friends, your neighbours, your colleagues, your, your social groups, your interests are unique to you. And that's a massive part of that church vision. Where you are, who you are in those places is massively unique. It's not a random amalgamation of coincidence either. Because if God is all we say God is, and if God is who we say God is, coincidences just don't happen their purposes, their plans, and their promises. So, why would God use me, you? 
Jesus sending the 70 shows that God has a plan and a purpose within our complex normality that we call life. This, this seemingly ordinary people doing ordinary things are called out to do the miraculously amazing and the wonderful to the extent that we're still talking about it 2,000 years later. We can be ordinary people within God's promise to use us, within God's hope to use us, because the more ordinary we are, the better, because it's about reliance, it's about focusing on God, it's about who we are because of God, because all of this is possible because of Jesus. Jesus within the Gospel reading, Jesus within us today and our lives, he is our greatest gift. Because of Jesus, we are made right with God. We're no longer known by our sin or our history. We are good enough. We are perfect in his eyes, able to be those ordinary people doing amazing things. Because we are no longer ordinary people. We are his. Because of Jesus, we don't do this work in our own strength or skill. Because he is at work through us by his Holy Spirit. We're more like Jesus when we know him, because he will change our character. We'll be family, we'll gather around our friends, our home groups, our small groups, other Christians, and we will support and we will care for them as they do God's mission. And we'll be centered in community. God will use us for who and where we are. I, uh, I went on retreat, I've spoken about this before, and um, I'm not going to go into detail again, but one of the things that struck me throughout my time away in the, the many books I read, um, which I probably shouldn't have been reading, I probably should have been thinking, but I'm, I'm a doer, and I'm reading, and then I process later. The thing that struck me more than anything is this idea of presence, and I think that's quite true within this sending as well. Obviously, we've got the authority that comes from Jesus and the massive wave of all of that, but throughout all of it, I'm certain that who we are and where we are in those places intentionally has a significant impact, more than any sort of tracked Bible verse or DVD you might give to somebody. Who we are, the people that God has made us to be, the people that God is intentionally shaping us to be and putting us in those places is really significant. So I know the main point is, God will use you because we're ordinary, but really do hold on to the fact that I think our presence in places is really significant as well. And I think this is backed up by that. So Jesus sending the 70 shows that God will use us in our ordinary lives as ordinary people or complex normality if you want to be a little bit more fancy. He gives us the opportunity, he gives us the responsibility to do the work that had previously only been done by God and Moses. And we have been given the permission to bring God's kingdom into the places through words and actions. We can be ordinary. In fact, I think the more ordinary the better. Because we can't and we shouldn't do this on our own for our own strength. So more like Jesus, we will no longer be like in our own. Oh, 
own strength. God is with us through the Holy Spirit. Being family, we aren't on our own. We are supported by our friends and our church, centred in community. We will no longer live life by our own desires. We live to see God's kingdom on earth. So, NBC, get to know Jesus. Surround yourself with people that love Jesus and say yes to God as often as possible. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you that you want to use us in our ordinariness, that you love us because of it, that we are no longer needing to identify as just ordinary people, but your people, loved by you, chosen by you, with a plan and a purpose that you have for each of us. I pray this week that we would discover a little bit more of that in our lives that we would be your presence in one of the places where we have it, if not more than that. And I pray that we'll rely on the Holy Spirit to do this, that we won't go out trying to be good enough on our own, trying to be strong enough or clever enough with our own words, thoughts and plans, but that we would be utterly dependent on you. 